0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne LeBar. Our thanks today go to Jonathan and Jess Hebe for our readings and to the choristers of St Martin in the Fields for our hymns. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven, to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love, and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm today is verses from Psalm 139. O Lord, Thou hast searched me out and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts long before. Thou art about my path and about my bed, and spiest out all my ways. For lo, there is not a word in my tongue, but Thou, O Lord, knowest altogether. Thou hast fashioned me behind and before, and laid Thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful and excellent for me, I cannot attain unto it. For my reins are thine, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My bones are not hid from thee, though I be made secretly and fashioned beneath in the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book were all my members written, which day by day were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How dear are thy counsels unto me, O God! O how great is the sum of them! Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever
1: shall be, world without end. Amen. 1 Samuel, chapter 3, verses 1 to 20. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I didn't call you. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfil against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house, from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever, for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning, then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli, but Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here am I. Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. We say the Magnificat together.
0: My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed for ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: A reading from the Gospel according to John. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you come to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And we say the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who dost govern all things in heaven and earth, mercifully hear the supplications of thy people, and grant us thy peace all the days of our life, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the season of Epiphany in the calendar of the Church. It's part of the greater Christmas season, which goes on until Candlemas on February the 2nd. So if you've still got your decorations up, you shouldn't feel in any hurry to pack them away. Epiphany literally means shining forth or revelation. It starts with the story of the Magi, for whom a shining star in the heavens leads them to the revelation of a child born to be king. But this season then continues with all sorts of other stories in which people have a revelation, seeing Christ, themselves, the world around them in a new light. Their epiphanies... Other moments when the light bulb goes on in their heads, when the penny drops. In today's readings we have two stories about people who took a bit of getting through to, who just couldn't seem to hear or see things which later seemed obvious to them. Nathaniel can't believe that Jesus might be the Messiah. Samuel takes all night to realise that God is speaking to him, and the old priest Eli has been deaf to the voice of God for many years. I expect we can all sympathise with them. I'm sure we've all been confronted with a truth about someone or something which, looking back, we feel we should have known all along. Worse still, perhaps we realise that we did know it, but couldn't acknowledge it. This pandemic has been one wake-up call after another, a time which seems to have caught many people napping again and again and again, failing to take seriously enough the warning signs and the risks, despite the fact that emergency planners have been warning of the danger of pandemics for decades. Why didn't we want to heed the possibility that something like this might happen? The reluctance to see and to hear what's right in front of us isn't limited to pandemics, of course. We've all experienced it in other ways too. Why didn't we spot the warning signs of a relationship that was getting into difficulties? Why didn't we take notice of the niggling symptoms that later turned out to be a serious illness? On a positive note, many people take years and years to realise that they're being called to a particular career, vocation or ministry. In hindsight, it was all obvious. But what was it that clouded our vision and stopped our ears beforehand? In Nathaniel's case, it seems to be prejudice that gets in the way of him seeing the truth about Jesus. A Messiah from Nazareth? You've got to be joking, he says to his friends. We're not sure why Nazareth seemed so dodgy to him, but presumably people at the time would have understood very well. It might have been because the northern territory of Galilee was much more mixed ethnically and religiously than the southern lands around Jerusalem. It was also where the majority of the occupying Roman soldiers were stationed, forcing the people into greater collaboration with them. Or perhaps Nazareth just had a bad reputation, a backwater, Hicksville place people wanted to avoid. Whatever it was, though, Nathaniel seems convinced that Nazarenes are not Messiah material, and he can't get past that. It's only when he meets Jesus that he realises his mistake. This man knows him somehow, even better than Nathaniel knows himself, because he sees Nathaniel's potential as a disciple, something which was way off Nathaniel's radar. The story of Eli and Samuel is a more complex tale and a sadder one. Eli was the old priest at the shrine of Shiloh, where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. He had two adult sons who should have followed him as priests in this important position because priesthood was hereditary. But they've gone off the rails. They're abusing their positions and stealing the offerings. Eli knows this at some level, but he's never quite found the courage or energy to confront them. In the end, of course, they're responsible for themselves, but at least Eli could have tried to influence them and it seems he hasn't. The message God gives to Samuel is grim. It's the end of the road for Eli's household. His sons will eventually be killed in battle, and Eli himself will die of sorrow. No wonder Samuel seems reluctant to pass this message on. But Eli finds the courage, at least and at last, to urge Samuel to tell him the truth, no matter what it is. And by doing that, he teaches Samuel a vital lesson which he'll need to draw on often in the future, that the truth, however painful, can't be avoided forever. Samuel will go on to be one of Israel's most important prophets, instrumental in the lives of King Saul and King David. He will often be called by God to challenge them, and those who challenge kings need all the courage they can muster. I like to hope that Eli took some comfort in seeing that for all his failures, he was able to play some part in God's work in preparing Samuel for his role. And that's what it's about, God's work. Because it's most often where the pain is, and where the mess is, that God is. We see this in Jesus above all, born in a dung-strewn stable growing up in that dodgy town of Nazareth, dying on a cross, alone and reviled, looking to all the world as if he's failed. Who would have thought that God could be in these squalid places, in these squalid things? Not the Magi who headed first for Herod's palace. Not Nathaniel with his blinkered views. Not the horrified disciples who ran away from the crucifixion. But that's where God was, at work in the world through Christ. And that's where he still is, in the places, the people, the situations we'd rather not see at all, the things within ourselves we'd rather bury or ignore. It's there that God waits patiently with his healing and his love, because it's there that we need him most. When we turn away from that place, we turn away from God too. I wonder what would happen today if we were to say honestly, as Samuel does, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I don't know the answer to that, and perhaps that's why it frightens me, as perhaps it does you. But if we are serious in our search for God's presence in our lives and in our world, then the place we're avoiding is probably the very best place to start. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Lord, we give you thanks that you call us all to draw close to you so that we can follow in your footsteps. Help us to hear your call through all that tries to drown it. Reveal your presence to us in good times and in bad. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for your Church throughout the world, for Christians who are gathering together today in person or online, or praying alone. We pray that wherever we are, we might hear your voice and respond to it. Bless and sustain our Bishops James and Simon, our Archdeacon Julie, and all who bear the weight of responsibility in the Church. Give them wisdom and courage in all they do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for your world. We pray especially for the United States this week as they prepare for the inauguration of a new president, that there will be a peaceful transition of power. We pray for healing of division in the weeks and months to come for integrity and clarity of vision. We pray too for nations where the response to coronavirus is hampered by poverty or war. We pray especially for Yemen and Sudan and for all who live in refugee camps where medical care is scarce. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we thank you for our community and for all the small-scale initiatives which help to bring people together. We pray for our Know Your Neighbours Network. We thank you for all who have been blessed by the connections it has made between people. We pray for our schools, for their work with children who are in school and those who are homeschooling. We pray for energy and a sense of peace for teachers and teaching assistants and all who work in schools and for parents trying to help their children learn at home. We pray that they will know that you care about the children they're working for just as much as they do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we pray for our families, friends and neighbours, for those we care for and those who care for us. We pray for those we're separated from because of covid for those we're anxious about, asking that you'd help us to put them into your hands. We pray especially for all who are sick, for those who are anxious or lonely or weighed down with care. We hold them before you in a moment of silence. Bring to all for whom we pray, and those who are known to you alone, your healing and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving Lord, we entrust into your keeping all who have died and those who mourn their loss. Strengthen those who grieve with the knowledge of your love and the love of one another. And grant us all to see your glory, both now and in the world to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. the peace of god that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of god and of his son jesus christ our lord and the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit be among you and remain with you always amen